0: What's going on, fan boys and fangirls, it's Mike and Mark here, and we're back after kind of a you know limbo status with San Diego Comic Con D23. Um, and then, Mark and I also had a um, little vacation time, you know, visiting families and relatives. So, we're going to be back on our regular schedule, coming to you guys weekly with our news recaps and also breaking down. Um, a piece of nostalgic history uh, from our childhood, so uh, this week's episode we're going to be focusing on He-Man, Masters of the Universe, and we're going to break down everything from the toys to the um, TV show to the actual live action movie that is one of my favorite movies of all time, although I haven't watched it recently until this past week to kind of refresh her, but it was dear to my heart as a kid, so... Alright, going into the news, there's four things, or I'm sorry, three things I want to discuss with you about Mark, okay? So last week, Ralph Macchio almost broke the internet, not really, <laughs> but for my case, this was, this. I mean, I texted you the second that I read this, um, that there will be a Karate Kid TV series, and it's going to be on YouTube Red, the TV channel version of uh, YouTube that they have on there. Um... I can't believe it. Uh, it's it's Ralph Macchio and uh, is it what's his first name? Not Zapska is his last name, but um, um yeah. For uh, oh shoot, I want to say Danny Zapska, but that's not right. Um, no, it'll come uh, to me. Uh man, I'm so excited about this. It'll come
1: to me. I know it's gonna be awesome. So I'm. It's it's funny you mentioned that because I'm actually um oh uh, William William right William. Ralph Macho, William Zapka.
0: Yeah. There you go.
1: Um, yeah, this is awesome. Well, first of all, I'm watching Karate Kid right now and it just so happens to be on TV. Um, but the Karate Kid is like, I don't know. I just, it's always been one of my favorites growing up. Um, I remember in college when it came out on in the box set and DVD and I hopped on that and I just I don't know, it's kind of like one of those like comfort films for me, you know, one of those like awesome just 80s. It's always a good go to. Um, And I actually have not even seen the the newer version of Karate Kid with Jackie Chan and um, Will Smith's son just because of my complete devotion to uh Ralph Macchio
0: yeah I'll um, tell you that 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 version really has no real tie to the originals so like basically name and the fact that there's a karate tournament at the yeah, end of it that's right. basically it
1: yeah and I get that I'm sure I'll watch it eventually or whatever but like i oh, you're not missing I, I right <laughs> like I love this series and just from the nostalgia point of view like coming out with this series you know and I think it's you know why not Like, what is, what does it hurt? Like you get that nostalgia, you know, it's kind of the, uh, I feel like the end thing right now to have like a little, like, you know, boom, 10 episode series, see how it goes. Right. Sort of thing, you know, like all the, uh, like X-Files, Prison Break, um, 24, like they've all done it. Um, You know, and especially to have both of those individuals too, I think it's just awesome reprising those roles. And I don't know, did you end up reading a synopsis about
0: it? Uh, Yeah, basically it's, um Daniel and um what's the oh god Johnny basically at a crossroads in their lives and yep. um Daniel is basically still grieving over the death of Mr. Miyagi, uh although mm-hmm. it's been a couple years. Um right. and then poor Johnny still can't get over losing <laughs> that karate tournament back in the nineteen eighties <laughs> and his life is in ruins. Oh, so man. he's gonna start up Cobra Kai and you know yeah. and Take no mercy, you know.
1: And why not though? Because if you think about it, right, like it kind of is a little reminiscent of Karate Kid Part Three, right? Remember when like Cobra Kai was like all the bills were coming in and all that, and they tried to like bring it back up and all. Right. And, and you know, obviously, it's still, uh, still lost to, um, you know, Daniel. But um, yeah, like why? Why not? You know, what? Here is the thing: What does it have to lose, right? Oh, so, I, mean, I mean, nothing I, at all. I guess yeah. Money. But yeah, so, but I think from a nostalgia point of view, you get all the people who are familiar with Karate Kid. Like, I definitely want to check it out. Like, I've thought about even getting YouTube Red just for that.
0: And how you know smart I mean? was that for YouTube to outbid? So the, I, the rumor was is that Netflix was in line to pick this up. But then YouTube Red stepped in and put an offer down that Netflix wouldn't match. And so Ralph Macchio. And Zapska Zapka basically jumped in and said we're going YouTube Red. And now look at that, that basically this is gonna be that jump start for really people to subscribe to YouTube Red. I thought I think it's a smart, smart decision on, on that company's side.
1: Right, absolutely. The craziest thing is too, like, I don't know, um, you know, you probably knew this, but like Ralph Macchio, when he filmed these, like he's playing like a what, like a sixteen, seventeen year old. Yeah, right? somewhere around there. And he was, like, 20 or 21 at the time. Oh, yeah. Classic like, I mean, 80s
0: using, like, 30-year-old people to play high school right. students. Exactly.
1: Um, but, no, like, I, I you know, I want to see. Um, yeah, I, I think it's interesting. Like, why not? You know, um, you know, Daniel can carry on Miyagi's legacy, um, you know, to help kind of push on through this. Uh, who knows what the heck will come out of Johnny because he's. Obviously, you know, taking the struggle bus here and trying to maybe it, maybe it would be good for him and maybe he starts up Cobra Kai and just it it's successful. Yeah, good. good for you, Johnny.
0: The one thing I hope they do bring uh, back is Elizabeth Shue and see, you know, oh that'd be good. Yeah, yeah, be, absolutely. That would be awesome if they could bring her back and kind of maybe be the 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 spark that ignites the rivalry again between Ralph I, and and I, I feel so
1: bad for um, Daniel because. You know, you think about, it, like, after the first one, he, uh, you know, there's Elizabeth Shue, and then, like, in Karate Kid 2, it's just real quick, like, she was dating, like, a football player at college. Right. And oh, then, and he got And dropped. then he goes to Japan, yep. and he meets that girl, and then he comes back, and it's like, oh, she went off to, like, this dance school. And then there's the third one, he meets that girl, and she's like, oh, I'm moving back to Ohio yep. to be with my boyfriend. I was like, oh, God, I mean, poor Daniel LaRusso,
0: you know? Hey, look, it's it comes with the territory. when you When you are... Learning karate, you don't have time for girls. Exactly,
1: you, know? you gotta you gotta keep your mind right. Exactly,
0: you know? this the you know that's the the will of Cobra Kai right there. You know, exactly. That's, no, I think it's it's great. I mean, it's bringing nostalgia back. Everything. I'm really excited for this show. I'm I'm probably gonna subscribe to YouTube Red, check it out, and then let's see. You know, hopefully, you know they bring stuff in like this, and I'll keep you know jumping on and and keep the subscription going. But I'll definitely yeah, check this out. Um, yep. smart, smart move. Okay. Do you uh, think, do you think they'll bring in Hillary Swank from the next? Oh my God. Bin? What was it? <laughs> That was the fourth one or whatever. And oh yeah. Nah, oh, I yeah. think, I think those days are done. <laughs> yeah. Rightfully so. So, um, all right. Second piece of news. So, uh, last week at the TCA summer, uh, event, they, CW came out and basically, you know, we're, we're promoting the upcoming seasons of Supergirl, Arrow, uh, The Flash, and Legends of Tomorrow. And one of the biggest uh, critiques from last season was the big hype-up of the big Arrowverse crossover event that really wasn't a four-part series. It was like 3.15, if you want to call it that. Because the Supergirl episode basically was a regular episode till the last possible minute and included just Cisco jumping through uh, one of his portals to, to recruit uh, Supergirl to help fight the aliens. So, during the press uh, interviews, the uh, CW president, and also Berlanti, who was there just for a short time, basically told um, the press that the Arrowverse crossover event this time around is going to be in two parts, and it's going to be basically almost like you're watching two two hour movies. This is where it gets interesting. It's going to be November twenty seventh, November twenty eighth. Um, the two first two part series will be Supergirl and Arrow, and the second part will be the Flash and then um, Legends of Tomorrow. Here's where I I I think that's an interesting choice to put Supergirl cool. and Arrow together and putting Flash and Legends together for your big crossover event. Um, what do you think? Yeah,
1: so, you know, there's a couple things here. So one, I, th- I feel like, especially what they've talked about with the tone of Arrow, is Arrow is kind of somewhat of the odd man out a little bit. Yep. When it comes I agree to with town, that. Right? So you have to pair it with one of them, obviously. So which one do you pair it with? Well, I think Personally, it would work best with Flash. But I also think that Arrow and Flash have the most pull when it comes to ratings. Mm -hmm. So pairing Arrow with probably Supergirl, because I'm guessing out of the four, it has the lower ratings not low ratings but the
0: lower of the four uh, i don't know i'll, I'll check into that is it, is it on par with
1: legends maybe
0: probably on par with legends i think that right. supergirl maybe do does a little bit better than legends okay. i don't know um it, and it but i i agree it does seem odd to me though because
1: it doesn't seem like that like you've seen with flash there's the kind of a little bit of the connection to supergirl already right right and there it, i i there just isn't as much of one with arrow where like arrow obviously has that connection to flash arrow has that connection to legends because of what you know the villains uh, as well as mm-hmm. you know damian dark who's going to be the villain of the next uh, season or with obviously um Sarah. so i it just seems the the most odd to me out yeah. of the mix i guess
0: so i understand why you wouldn't want to do um, a, a Flash Supergirl crossover event because it's already been done. The, right, the, the right. Flash is so the, that was that was the first major crossover event was when Flash went on to Supergirl when Supergirl was on CBS. So we already had that. Then you had the musical episode which was really good, um, but it was a Supergirl Flash crossover as well, um, where Supergirl came into the Flash's universe. So I understand why not putting those two together, but I th- I agree with your your thinking. There is that I think that what they're trying to do is trying to pair the shows with the best ratings, maybe with the ones with the weaker ratings. Right. But why do that and make it a struggle for mm. for story. the storylines? when you have an mm. easy concept with Flash and Arrow that has been done before? You have all the makings of you know the the familiarity with the two you know the two universes or two. Um, groups getting together you have legends which basically is a sci-fi show where you have Supergirl as and alien and they do a lot of the sci-fi you know last season was all about aliens why not focus on that concept with those two shows i know those are the two weaker shows but they're the both both most light-hearted shows in the past you know two right. three seasons Make it, you know, go with what's working and what pairs the easiest to make a better show and a better two-hour event. That's my only concern is that when you have Arrow being such a dark show, I know they're saying that they're going to try to lighten it up this season, but it's not going to be as light as Supergirl. Supergirl is bright, it's charismatic, it's, you know, has jokes that, you know, try to come off as, you know, as really funny, sometimes they don't work. Flash, on the other hand, is is gone really dark with Barry being gone and so forth, and Legends is kind of like the DC version of Guardians of the Galaxy, you know. Mm-hmm. So it's an interesting choice that I think you know.
1: Yeah, I, I don't, I don't know if this is gonna work out as well as last year with the uh, just the four, well, quote unquote four part, um. You know, just like the week long, because it really kind of kept you. I mean, it really kept you like, okay, I've watched this. I need to watch right. it next week. And honestly, for me, even though I really didn't need to, um, I watch. You know, I don't watch Supergirl often, but I watched it that week just to see how like, it was connected. I mean, you know, and it ended up only being about the last five minutes. But right. still, like, it pulled me in for that. Whereas, you know, I- I'm not really sure how this will. I don't know. I'm not. I'm not sure about this approach. Do
0: you do you like it better it being two two parters than just one major event? Um, I I
1: don't know. I thought the major event was pretty cool. Like I said, it had me like. It, I liked it being the major event because even though it was the major event, you needed to tune into each one. But at the same time, the, each episode kept its own tone. Right. So, like like Arrows episode was obviously drastically different from um legends, right right but even though at the at the core of it it was the same kind of across the board story, you know, the same plot, but it still was able to take the liberty of what the show is and still kind of encompass that where i I feel like with this you know you're gonna have to kind of merge ha- supergirl and arrow together and it just i don't i don't know i don't know i don't know how that's gonna work out, no I,
0: guess. I agree with you but kind of on a different note where you don't know how many more chances you're gonna have at these big events because mm-hmm. you know how long is arrow gonna last you know how long is legend mm, tomorrow right. last you know it's it, it, you've seen how Arrow's ratings have kind of started to decline and mm-hmm. they're already talking about, you know, the president of CW and Berlanti have already discussed that the writer's rooms already know the ending for Arrow, that they just needed to have enough time to hash it all out on, on set. Right. And so that, that kind of tells me that, that, that we may get a seventh season and then that's it. Like this basically right. is kind of the end of Oliver Queen's run on C, on the CW. So, if you're gonna waste a year on just two two parters, then they need to make sure that the final year, if season seven is the last year of Arrow, that they get one more good four part crossover event. Same thing with Legends Tomorrow. There's no guarantee that Legends comes back next season. So that was my only concern: is that you have this, you know, this wheelhouse, this opportunity to to you know break history and do this again and do it right, learn from your mistakes, and then they. They decided to go this way, so I'm kind of disappointed. But we'll see. Who knows? The musical, you know, was definitely, um, you know, I had, you know, has I was really hesitant with that. The musical episode of The Flash, I ended up really liking a whole lot. So, you know, maybe, maybe they know something I don't, or you know, they probably they do know stuff that I don't. But right. Maybe it's just, you know, in a different mindset that I should be in. Yeah, we'll see. Yeah. All right. Uh, last piece of news before we get into our uh, nostalgic piece. Um, so this goes more into the movies, but this kind of also ties into TV. Uh, DC EU Warner Brothers came out and said that you know over San Diego Comic Con that the Flash movie finally has a storyline and it's going to be Flashpoint. Okay. Um, I'll save my theories for a little bit later, but I'm going to tell you why I like this compared to the TV show that Flashpoint to me is a is, is kind of a, it's a movie. Um, it's a storyline that, that makes sense. It's not what the TV show tried to do with Flashpoint. And I think it's smart for Warner Brothers to take a weakness from the show and try to make it into a strength for the DCEU on film. Do you agree with me on that? Yeah,
1: I do. Um, you know, it's kind of like we've talked about before. I mean, I think with the TV show it was just it was rushed, you know, like oh, Flashpoint yeah was, you know, a, a span of, what, three episodes? And then you saw kind of sprinkles of the aftermath where, you know, if, if you put it in a movie, like, that is the main focus. You can really dive into the story and kind of some of the, um, you know, other kind of theories like you, you like you and I have already talked about that we'll get into a little bit later. But just, I think there's a lot that you can do with it. Um, and I think it's a really smart move um, for um, the DCEU. And I think it's a little bit, you know, different of a move than obviously as you have with um, Marvel, with Avengers, obviously, with, um, you know, the movies coming up, kind of the end of one era of Avengers and the starting of another area. Um, I think that's what you could possibly have with Flashpoint if it's necessary.
0: Yeah, I agree with you. I think that... With Flashpoint on film, it can go a lot deeper, a lot darker than what the TV show tried to do. Um, I, I was really disappointed with the effects of Flashpoint. Especially when they you know, had a, such a big opportunity to change the Arrowverse around. And all they did basically on Arrow was change Diggle's daughter into a son. Um, in Legends, there was no immediate impact whatsoever. And nothing on Supergirl. And so the only major changes we saw were basically affecting team Flash. Um, and really, it was more or less just Caitlin turning into killer Frost right. And that was it. I mean, there was you know Cisco's brother was alive, but killed in a car wreck, but then and Cisco wanted Barry to go save him, you know, back in time and save him and would do it. That lasted all two or three episodes. Um, Iris was upset with at uh, Joe and Wally. That lasted two or three episodes, and then everything kind of just was wrapped around Savitar and Flashpoint, and that was it. Um, so I was re- like, I could see this as a great way for saying the DCEU you know, film universe saying we got this one right that the television show couldn't, because you know, remember back when they made the announcement that the Flash on movie would be different than you know um the flash tv show and that you know the cast and everything would be different a lot of people were upset with that thinking that greg gustin should be the flash and that he was the only flash and now this season kind of opened you know a hole and you know a pathway for the DCU to take over i think it's smart now here's my theory why they chose flashpoint i think this is the perfect way to let Ben Affleck walk away from Batman after the Batman movie is done. Um, With Flashpoint, the storyline is is that basically the DC universe is reset and that everything is kind of changed. So in the comic books, Batman goes to his almost younger self, not like teenager style, but almost late 20s. So he's kind of not the older Batman, but more younger, fresh and... And you know, kicks ass. Wally changes from white to black. Um, you know, all these different things happen in the DCE universe where you got the rebirth series out of it. I think the reason why Warner Brothers was hesitant to name other films that had been kind of in the works was that look, something that plagued Marvel for a while was that they didn't know how long, um, Robert Downey Jr., Chris Evans, and a lot of the original cast members of the Avengers were going to be around, and it was kind of panic mode. What do we do for this? What do we do if he doesn't come back and so forth? With Flashpoint, you don't have to worry about that. If Ben Mm -hmm. Affleck says, I don't want to come back as Batman, okay. Flashpoint will take care of that. If Gal Gadot doesn't want to come back as Wonder Woman, we can take care of that. And I think that's really smart. Yeah, it really
1: helps with the... Like continuity, because I know for me, um, you know, when when characters change, even when it's kind of minor, w- even if it's for the better, like even if you look at the, um, uh, you know, Nolan's Dark Knight um, trilogy, uh, even when it went from Katie Holmes to Maggie Gyllenhaal, you know, like I liked Maggie Gyllenhaal better, but there, it's it's just a weird kind of continuity thing for me that like, I don't know, when a main character or something like that changes. It doesn't necessarily, I say, throw me off, but it does make a difference for some reason. Right. Um, And I think with that, like it, it, you know, it's an answer. If people want to stay on, they don't have to go that way with it. But if they don't or they assume that maybe like people may want to go out or they just want to make a different change, they can by all means go ahead and do it with that. Um, The depth that they go into Flashpoint is also up to them. You know, is is it going to be at first, you know, Thomas Wayne, um, you know, and Aquaman versus Wonder Woman, and all this, or are they just going to kind of, you know, kind of, um, I guess, shift it a little bit and just go to like a younger Batman? Like, what exactly are they going to do? And that that, that it gives them a lot of liberty in right. the story. Oh,
0: I think they go with a younger Batman. I think they they yeah. basically they've done the the old Batman thing with Ben Affleck, which he, I think he did a great job with and everything. He does, you know, Justice League and then he does the Batman movie. They have Flashpoint, reset it, comes back into, the, you know, and Bruce Wayne is a younger, m- you know, more vibrant character, not this dark, broody guy and stuff like that that they've got going on. Not saying anything wrong with the Ben Affleck Batman. I love it, but you could do it, you know, different without having to say, oh, he's still Bruce Wayne, just a, you know, doesn't right. matter it, you can reset it, it's a smart move i think that's something that hasn't really been talked about a whole lot but i think it's a smart move by warner brothers and the creative team behind it throwing flashpoint in there and saying if we want to we can reset the universe and basically and, have and movie. i mean
1: have it i mean reverse Flash is such a great character anyway oh my gosh. like and not nothing i mean you know the cw did an awesome job um tom cavanaugh the first um season with reverse flash but i would really love to see um see that on a on a larger scale i think as
0: well i agree i think reverse flash is one of the probably top five best villains in the dc universe mm-hmm. um the way they portrayed him on season one and season two um even in legends uh you know season one and season two of the flash and even on legends on season two was great um Uh, It's going to be hard to top uh, out of all the characters, but that is just – it's kind of on par with with Joker for me. Like, that's how Mm -hmm. I see it. So, all right. Okay, now let's get in a little nostalgic mode here, okay? So, in this week's episode, we're going to focus on a classic kids toy line, cartoon show, and – one of the greatest eighties slash nineties movie of all time. <laughs> when did it, when did Masters of the Universe come out? Was it eighty nine? Eighty seven. Eighty seven. Oh man. I was way off. August seventh, nineteen eighty seven. August seventh, and to I mean, this is a, to tell you how much I love this movie is that I thought it came out in the nineties. And it's probably because I watched oh, it over a hundred mm-hmm. times, you know, and stuff like that. So yeah, nineteen eighty seven. Okay, Boy. so I was 5 years old when this movie came out. Yep, perfect. I was the the target audience um for this movie. But okay, so let's get into the actual birth of He-Man, okay? Did you know, Mark, that the birth of He-Man goes all the way back to A New Hope Star Wars? Really? I
1: was um, not aware of that. Right.
0: So, George Lucas create is 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 filming A New Hope and Basically, he's trying to sell the um, the the rights to Mattel Hasbro and there's one other company to produce you know the Star Wars action figures, okay And the CEO at the time of Mattel is Ray Wagner. He gets basically the script and he gets this you know kind of test footage that what Lucas is putting out. and all it was gonna cost him is seven hundred and fifty thousand dollars. To get the rights to produce the Star Wars A New Hope toy series line, that is basically revered today. It's one of the most sought after yeah. um, Hasbro toys of all time. You know, basically, I think the um, what is it the Darth Vader original Darth Vader in box mint is I think can go anywhere from like a thousand to two thousand dollars. And then later on the they had the Boba Fett action figure that. I think the the one that got recalled is in the 10,000 range. With with that, do you want to hear something that will make you cringe real quick? What's that?
1: So my cousins, I would always go over there, and um, we would play with all their toys. And some of them were the Star Wars toys, like the original Star Wars toys. And they had the Millennium Falcon, which is awesome, right? Mm-hmm. You don't think we would take their Millennium Falcon and throw it out the window into their pool?
0: Oh, my gosh.
1: It like doesn't that make you like yeah. want to throw up right now? That is crazy like, thinking about that. Oof. Yeah, well, my cousin and I were talking about that the other day. And That's was basically that
0: was. what Ray Wagner was doing after A New Hope was duking <laughs> his <laughs> yeah, guts right. out. Yeah, right. So, exactly. Uh, so Ray Wagner passes on it, and it's in a you know Mattel basically, um, you know couldn't couldn't recover from it. So they needed something that was going to basically be something that could be competitive in the toy market. And so um, basically you had two guys, Mark Taylor and Roger Sweet. Mark Taylor is the guy who came up with the original design of the He-Man toy series through sketches. And then Roger Sweet was the lead designer uh, for Mattel. And basically what they came up with the idea was that simple is best and instead of trying to create these complex transformers or you know gi joes with 20 different things on it what they realized is that all you needed to do is have a simple character you know simplicity was the key a couple key figures to go along with that character and a good storyline and so that was the birth of he-man basically some people consider it as a rip-off to Conan the Barbarian, but if you look at the actual timeline, He-Man toy line series in production was coming out right before the Arnold Schwarzenegger Conan. Yeah, what was Barbarian. that? That was 82.
1: 82. 82? Yeah, yep. I was going to
0: say. Now, there was the Conan comic books during that time, and a lot of people claim that uh, Taylor and Sweet basically just ripped it off the comic book, but hey, you know they came up with its own um, backstory and everything like that. So uh, in 1980, um, there was a small lawsuit between, you know, the the people who had the rights to Conan and Mattel ended up that Mattel won because even though there were similarities between He Man and Conan, He Man had its own individual storyline take place. So. Mattel wins out and to sell the toys you have to have a uh, you have to have a, a TV show. And mm-hmm. so the toys came out late 1982 and in 1983 we get He-Man and the Masters of the Universe television show, which was p- cartoon series wise I would rank it probably all-time top 10. What about you? Yeah, I mean, I put it up there. I loved He-Man. Um, I, like,
1: I mean, I obviously watched the cartoon, but I, I swear I had, like, all of the toys. I'm, my parents and their attics still have the three castles. Uh, and the third one, I mean, oh sister. Yeah, so I have a sister, and she had She-Ra's castle. So I know people are probably sitting there thinking, oh, yeah, whatever, he had She-Ra's castle, but I swear it was my sister's, okay? Um, <laughs> <laughs> but anyways, uh, but yeah, like the castle of Gall and then... Uh, you remember Skeletor's castle had like the microphone thing with it.
0: Castle gray school.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Do you remember yep. it had the microphone? With yeah. It? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. So I have like, all, I have all three are up in my parents' attic still. Like they, they haven't tossed anything, which thank freaking goodness. But, um, <laughs> yeah, that's try and get that down, busted out. But it was funny that you mentioned that too, because, um, when you talk about just like the simplicity of the characters, um, like even in their names you know you, you could see you could see that you know oh, so yeah. for instance what was um let's think of some of them there was uh so
0: he-man was prince adam of eternia yeah, yeah.
1: right but i mean even it, later you had uh man e faces remember and it was that guy that had like all the different faces right and mm-hmm. then like ram man and uh, Buzz Off was a bee and you had um well even his, you know, his... Robotto Moss Man like yep. <laughs> they were pretty straightforward. Right? Oh yeah, even his cat
0: so his without Battle, his powers Battle it was uh it was cringer but when you point the sword at him it would turn into Battle Cat. That was Battle it. Cat. No, Battle, Battle Cat. Yeah. There we go. Battle Cat. Oh uh,
1: I had, oh man,
0: yeah Battle Cat was awesome. Battle Cat was awesome. An- another what? cool toy that I got was a full-size Battle Cat when I was like five or six years old or whatever oh, yeah. and stuff that i would ride around in the
1: what was, in apartment what was skeletor's battle oh um you remember
0: that yes it was purple it was gosh. it was
1: purple and it had like it was like i remember the toy it was like velvety or something almost do you remember that mm-hmm.
0: well even battle cat was velvety uh oh, that's right I, yeah that was kind of like the like uniqueness of those cats was that had that velvet um
1: Oh, that's going to bother me. I mean, I'll get it eventually, but... Oh, man. Uh, no, but I think, um, you know, I, I had a, a lot Panther. of... Panthor, Thor. that's it. I mean, come yeah. on. How,
0: how complicated is that? <laughs> yeah, or change the letter.
1: Yeah. Um, no, but, you know, the the characters were, like you said, very simple, straightforward. They each had a main thing that was kind of their, um, you know, their main characteristic. Um, and, you you know, it just, uh, I don't know. They were simple, but the simplicity, I think, is what made it so unique. Um, and yeah, it's so funny. Have you watched any of the cartoons lately, like, from the 80s?
0: Last time I watched a cartoon, so I watched, like, some clips, you know, like, top five clips on YouTube and stuff like that, but last time I think I really sat down and watched it, um, was probably about, like, five or six years ago, because it just there were a couple things like on Saturday night live and stuff and you know and there was a couple other shows or like if you really sit down and watch this cartoon show it's going to be you're going to view it in a different you have a different view of it today than when you were a kid oh, yeah. watching it
1: yeah it's very choppy kind of you know what i mean mm-hmm. um i mean it's still awesome but yeah it, by today's standards it's not quite as free
0: flowing, so I guess you could say. I'll, I'll explain. Uh, I know the reason why to this. The budget for the show was so small that they oh, had to man. reuse clips. Like they couldn't do animation cells over and over again. Uh, so, yeah. um, I think the show ended up being like right, roughly around like 300 episodes, which is amazing. Um, you know, don't hold me to that number. It's, I I know it's definitely in the 200s. I want to say it made it to three hundred. Um, but the budget was so cheap that basically Mattel you know was in it just to sell toys. They basically told the artists. if you have a scene where you can basically reuse it, you reuse it. So if you watch the shows, you'll notice that like they use the same background setting and like right. positioning of the characters, probably about fifteen to twenty times in different episodes. And stuff. And it's just so that's where you get that choppiness. So that the artist basically had to, you know, say, Okay, this scene right here is gonna be used in ten to fifteen different episodes, but it's not really gonna match up well with all the stories. So that's where you get that choppiness and uh, kinda of like uh, very fragmented and stuff, which um, I wish they would do a documentary on it. I mean those are that's probably one of the the things that I would love to, to learn about is that you know Probably the headaches into making a a kid's cartoon show back in the 80s.
1: I just can't get over some of the names. Like there was Evil Len. Remember her? Tila. Yeah. Evil Len instead of Evelyn. I'm like, oh, very nice.
0: Well, I mean, think about it. He-Man. I mean, how difficult. What are you going to call this guy? (laughs) Um, (laughs) He-Man? But hey, it worked, didn't it? It did. I mean, it's one of the most iconic names in 80s cartoon history. You know? Right, absolutely, and then was it his sister? Yeah, it was his sister, Shira. Okay, that was mm-hmm. so. Princess Adam of Eternia, and then Princess Adora. And Adora, and she became Shira. And basically, She-Ra. He-Man was such a hit that Mattel said, "Well, damn, if boys are buying let's this. Get the girls involved. Let's get the girls involved." And so, Princess. Prince Adam has a twin sister, miraculously, that no one knows about, and she becomes She-Ra, and that became its own (laughs) cartoon series as well. It started off as just kind of using it, you know, here and there, but then she basically had her own television series, She-Ra, Princess of Power.
1: I mean, why not do that, you know? It's just like, you know, get get the ladies involved a little bit there too, yeah?
0: Oh, yeah, without a doubt. Like you said, your sister had She-Ra's castle. Right. Not you, you know. I believe yeah. my sister had maybe one or two She-Ra, um, she you know, action figures. I don't know how I many, no, nah, probably not. I had a couple of the, not, I didn't have She-Ra, but I had some of her, like, um, Other characters from the show.
1: You had her outfit. Oh, without a dough.
0: I mean, (laughs) everybody had the She-Ra outfit. Um, Yeah, I mean, so that cartoon series, as bad as it is, it was a moneymaker. That was the first time that you really saw a toy company say, look, we need to sell toys, an original toy, and there's only one way to do this. And it basically became a commercial. Every, you know... Saturday morning when it first debuted, and then it turned into a weekly, a daily show, you know, Monday through Friday. And that was just straight advertising. And the, like you said, the shows were fragmented, the stories were really broken up. But all it was is 30 minutes of, you need to buy this toy, you need to buy this toy, you need to buy this toy. And then almost every other toy company followed suit after He Man. I mean, you had the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. You had G.I. Joe come out with its own cartoon Mm -hmm. series. I mean, a plethora. Barbie, you know, as well. For the girls, for the the ladies out there. Oh, yeah. So, there are very few cartoon shows that get a movie made after it. This is one of them. And this is where I kind of want to spend a little bit more time talking about it. Masters of the Universe, 1987. Dolph Lundgren is Mm -hmm. casted as He-Man. Honestly, oh, yeah. to me, that was the best casting choice you could have ever done. Oh, yeah. Um, Mark, talk about it a little bit, some of the stuff that you found out about this movie, because <laughs> I mean, some of the stuff that you found out was is, is pretty damn amazing. So, I mean,
1: first of all, so here's how I think this kind of usually goes, right? Like, yeah, I think it got, what, 17% on Rotten Tomatoes. So, like, obviously it wasn't a you know, this huge success, but Dude, it holds I up. A, I'm telling you. Uh, well, I think a lot of times people like movies based on whenever, you know, whenever you remember seeing it, you know what? You, if you're in your kind of formative years, you know, you're going to like certain movies. Like for me, I really like Batman returns. I know people hate it. Um, and I get, and I get why they hate it, but like, you know, I was in, I don't even remember what grade, um, you know, elementary school and when it came out. So I enjoy it. And it's the same with masters of the universe, but, so the um the director was gary goddard right right and i believe he hasn't directed a film since... he's directing one now i believe but prior or after it was finally coming out like <laughs> underneath a rock dude, dude after masters of the universe he did not um he, he didn't direct anything else
0: that's a damn like shame. i said
1: i'm pretty sure he has something now good for him uh, but yeah, he's finally, finally coming out of that shadow, but they destroyed so much stuff in this movie. Like there was a time and there's a, um, when they're on like the music store and Skeletor and all of them come into, you know, cause they're getting the key. Um, and there's like a car explosion that like the explosion literally blew the, um, the glass out of the windows of the store. which And that was wasn't like a set
0: happen. either. That was an actual like town oh, that, that was they the filmed in. the
1: actual with. store. Yeah. Yeah. This, um, that's awesome. And then, and then when they're in the high school gymnasium, when it's on fire, like they legit set the gym on fire and it got out of control. And so obviously that uh, high school has never had any other films there. Go figure, right? Right. Um, but th- th- they just <laughs> – so much stuff got destroyed – By chance. Um, And then some of the other. Like little interesting stuff was because. I mean if you watch the movie. For 87. You know the graphics really aren't bad. Um, But they were so far over budget. That Goddard actually had to give. Some of his own money. Smart Um,
0: investment. Smart investment. Yeah right.
1: Just so they could finish. The final fight scene between he and Skeletor. Otherwise, they wouldn't have had an ending.
0: Do you think the film would have been better without an ending? Yeah, right. Uh, Just like leave it like just just dot 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 dot. You figure out what happens.
1: No crap. It was right at the beginning of like the fighting um, scene with he and Skeletor. Like right at the beginning, he gets all that like crazy um, armor or whatever on. Oh yeah, yeah. And then all of a sudden, it like kind of. like that's when it would have. Could stopped.
0: you imagine sitting in the movie theaters watching that, and you see like the first clash of the swords, and then the screen just goes blank, and yeah, duh. you get the credits, like, and that's it, ladies and gentlemen. There's your movie. Uh, How yes. crazy would have that been? Oh my gosh! So the weird thing about that, I mean they, I mean
1: they tried to throw in a lot of the characters, and they kind of did, you know. But, well, they
0: didn't even have what Prince Adam in it. Like the the. No, it was just straight up He Man. Yeah, it was basically. Look, we're gonna forget that whole like changing into He Man. It's just He Man. Right. Right.
1: And the I will say, um, the his, the famous you know I have the power um, was very anticlimactic. I kind of reminded me of by
0: the power when, of Grey School, I have the power.
1: Yeah. Yes. So he says it and it's just kind of like whatever. You know what it kinda of reminded me of like in the new Power Ranger movie when he just kind of like subtly says it's morphin time. I'm like, right. No, 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 no. That's not how that right. goes.
0: Yeah, I mean there's there's a, a technique and a way to it and you gotta, you know, be enthusiastic and so forth. Right. I mean that's an iconic line there by the power of gray skull. I have the power. Yeah. How many Absolutely. cartoon shows had something with a sword and a phrase? Because you had oh, I mean, He Man, Thundercats. Thundercats. Hey, what was it? With yeah. You? <laughs> like uh, Thundercats. Oh, yeah. oh, <laughs> like, <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I mean, just think about it. All right, we got to have the main character hold a sword and say something. All right, let's say Thundercats. Oh. The best thing about like all those eighties cartoons, they uh, whether it was He
1: Man, Thundercats, Ninja Turtles, usually GI Joe. You know, you remember they always ended with people like like with the characters laughing.
0: Oh my gosh, yes, that the classic. Oh, yeah. Hey, we beat the bad guy, and then some sort of like comic relief comes in at the end, like for this the cartoon shows like Orco would do something, or the the cringer the cat would do something. Oh yeah, oh yeah, it is classic 1980s shows
1: if 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 anybody listening if you're a he-man fan and have not seen masters of the universe there's a very like bad copy of it on youtube i would definitely check it out
0: oh i'd say pay the money if you're gonna watch it pay the money and really go for the entire like i will say yeah
1: no you're right because like the one that um is on youtube like you can't really even hear very well Mm mm-hmm yeah, I feel like someone like recorded it on their iPhone like from their TV or something.
0: You know what so when watching this, what I realize that there's, there's a lot of similarities. Now don't don't kill me for this, but there's a lot of similarities between Masters of the Universe and Thor uh the first Thor movie. It's just kinda you know oh, I can see it. Okay, you your heroes basically you know, sent to Earth from a mysterious planet. Yeah, he's yeah, you know yeah, he wrong. he's got his little team with him to help. You know that are it's a makeshift you know team of of fighters and orcs and so forth. They're certain, after a certain key element. You know, I mean it just hmm, yeah. You're not Thor wrong. Thor was basically master of the universe updated. Well. They should have just had Dolph Lundgren as and not Chris Hemsworth.
1: Yeah, right. Keep him going. I mean, Dolph Lundgren's in, like, everything now.
0: Oh, my gosh, yeah. I mean, talk about an actor who basically fell off the face of the earth and then came back with a vengeance. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. So, Masters of the Universe, He-Man toy line, He-Man cartoon show – then there was another cartoon show later in the 90s, early 90s, that was the new adventures of He-Man with toy line and so forth. Where would you put He-Man in your rankings of 80s slash 90s oh, nostalgia?
1: Oh, geez. It's got to be up there pretty pretty high. Like I feel like He-Man is one of the first like memories I had of toys and cartoons, personally. Um, I, I mean, it would... For me, now we're just going based off of like cartoons and whatnot. I mean it it would have to be in the top – I would say top five for me.
0: Would you say it's better or more important than Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles? No. Mm -mm. Would you say it's better or more important than G.I. Joe? oh man that's a close one i was probably more
1: into he-man than i was gi joe personally but i think that gi joe probably has a bit more lasting power than he-man like i feel like you could throw a gi joe cartoon on now and like even though it's kind of choppy like i think people or kids would probably get into that more than he-man right now
0: okay would you say it's better than let's see um So we did Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, G.I. Joe, Thundercats.
1: Ooh, that's a close one. My goodness. You know, I feel like Thundercats and He-Man are, like, kind of the same. You know how 80s shows would often do that? Like, it was just – I felt like kind of He-Man, Thundercats, like, even Voltron to a degree had, like, all these very similar type of qualities. Um. But especially Thundercats and He Man. Like I feel Look, like if you
0: compare the toys, they are very similar. He Man was yeah. just a regular man, Thundercat it was, it was a cat it was their the aunt, cat version. Yeah. I mean yeah. it's Seriously. swords that are that hold the power of them becoming their most powerful. Even the, the villains, you know, have that kind of um, skullness, you know, wizardry mm-hmm. type deal, like, you know, Emperor Palpatine right. type deal. They, like, Gosh, Thundercats really... and, and and He-Man were basically identical.
1: Yeah, they really were. Now I think about it.
0: Huh. Would you say He-Man's better, more important than Transformers?
1: Oh, my. Um... Take
0: a, take out the whole recent films. I'm, t- I'm going straight from 80s and 90s, what you have from Transformers.
1: I personally liked he-man more than transformers Ooh. all
0: right so i mean he's it, so he Man's basically See, you know there.
1: what's weird though i actually you know what i was into even more than transformers which is really weird i was into GoBots. remember go bots oh yeah i remember GoBots. i that's probably like like the aldi's brand like the yep that was the brand. poor man's but, version
0: of transformers yeah. <laughs> uh, i was uh, yeah i was uh, like hey
1: give me that transformer my dad's mom are probably like no here's a go bot i'm like because well, yeah. they were so you know, expensive
0: like, you couldn't you <laughs> couldn't just get a cheap transformer all of them came in those Damn, humongous boxes that were like four hundred, five hundred dollars, right. and yeah. Stuff. Now, if you held on to them like some people did, you could sell them for thousands of dollars. And yeah, so forth. right. Well, they pro- my parents were
1: probably like, oh, kid will probably like break lose it the pieces or choke on yep. it or something. And with a GoBot, those were just kind of straightforward.
0: Yeah, I like me some GoBots. GoBots, man! There was a poor man Transformer right there. There
1: you go. I'll take it.
0: Yep, I think I had more Thundercats toys than i did he-man i remember it I had yeah because i think thundercats was came a, it was a little bit after he-man so it was yeah. right in my my uh my wheelhouse of like age group that it, it hit right with me and so forth i gotcha so although i love masters of the universe tv show i put he-man probably like at fifth you know teenage sure. teenage mutant Ninja turtles definitely number one that oh yeah that yep. By, that sums up my childhood. Exactly. That's the number one. There's nothing that comes close to it. Then I would probably say Thundercats two, um, and then probably three would be Transformers because I wanted them, not because I had them. Because right. I was just jealous like of my cousins when I would go to their house and stuff like that, and they would have you know Optimus Prime and everything like that. I wanted to play with things, mm-hmm. you know, the Transformers. Um, four. I, just, I want to, you know, probably GI Joe. Although I don't know, no, I put He Man above GI Joe. I didn't. I had GI Joes, but I wasn't into them. Yeah. Um, at the time, and talking about the miniature ones, not those. Right. Um, not the huge ones. Yeah. The the twelve inch action figures. Yeah. That was my dad's GI Joe. Definitely. Yeah. Right. So, He Man Masters Universe. If you have not seen the cartoon show. You know, definitely check it out. Go on YouTube. There's a lot of different clips out there. Masters of the Universe, if you have not seen that movie, I think you can rent it for like $1.99 on YouTube and so forth. Yeah,
1: it's worth a check out.
0: Right. It's got to be like on some sort of streaming network. If somebody doesn't have it, it's, you know, shame on them. Um, And. Then there's some news that has come out recently in the past couple months that they're going to try to do another Masters of the Universe movie. I highly doubt it, as, as yeah, as chaotic as the '80s movie was. I don't see any producer, or any studio touching this you know,
1: property. I think the tough thing is, I just don't think it has as much pull right now. So like, if you right. look at if you look at like Transformers or even Ninja Turtles, it it had this you know it kind of had that lull where it was gone for a little bit and then came back. Right. right. And same thing, the same thing with Power Rangers. Right? I mean, Power Rangers have been kind of constant, but, you know, it, it had this law then it came back. So what Ninja Turtles and I'm not saying the movies turned out great, but what Ninja Turtles and Transformers did was they took, you know, not only the old fans, but the new fans. And I feel like if it was with He-Man, you're only going to have a very select group of people who really have any sort of connection to it um, and, and not really any current you know current kids like you said it kind of came out with that second you know kind of stab at it but i i don't think i don't think it would have as much pull
0: well if you look to it the most recent films that are trying to go back to the 80s so the first transformer transformers film was amazing but then after that they've kind of been disasters Mm. um you know they still make money but yeah, besides, overseas, yeah overseas, oh, huge. But um, besides that, the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle movies, both of them, were considered, you know, you know, break even movies that they didn't make right. any money at all. Um, the most recent Power Rangers movie was kind of a, a letdown for a lot of people because it just took so damn long for those guys to turn into Power Rangers. Right. Um, and so. I think studios are going to be hesitant to go back to that 80s nostalgic stuff. Like, there's some things that work, but maybe these toy lines don't work. Um, right, yeah. And so that's going to be an issue. Now, you could go the theory of, like, how Saban, um, you know, with Power Rangers, how the movie might not have been a success, but they sold a ton of toys. So they consider it a success because it was basically one massive, you know, commercial for kids to buy toys. They could go that route if Mattel wants to back it up and sell more He-Man toys. But if they don't sell anything to go along with this movie, it's yeah, not would, gonna. No. It's not gonna do well. I don't yeah, care what the story. All right, so that basically wraps it up for our section of nostalgia. Um, I kind of really want to briefly talk about this section here because you and I are kind of on a different, different mindset here, and we're gonna go more in depth uh, later on um, when we get close to uh, SummerSlam, and that's basically WWE. So. Watching Raw and SmackDown this week, I texted you uh, Tuesday night and I was, you know, I'm for the, for the, in a long time, thoroughly like enjoyed with both Raw and SmackDown. And you kind of just like mm. came back at me like, eh, <laughs> you know, yeah. not so much. So here, let me explain to you why. Uh, I think they finally have found a a good flow to both shows, and the matchups are starting to make sense. And just for example, um, Bray Wyatt versus Finn Balor; those two type of characters deserve to be in the ring together, fighting each other, because that's just their mo. Um, it's not like Bray Wyatt taking on Randy Orton, which has no sense whatsoever. Um, you know, uh, Shinsuke Nakamura versus Jinder Mahal. You know, strong style versus the new you know strong strong man that gender uh, you know brings to the show. Um, John Cena versus um, oh no, John Cena is not going to be in Summerslam as oh yes he is. John Cena versus Barry Corbin, um, two basically brute head guys going at it. Even in the in the females division there's a lot of matchups and that's why i'm in thoroughly enjoyed with it and they're starting to also bring back some of the attitude era type of stuff like showing shane mcmahon as the yeah, that was special guest that. referee you know and so forth so that's where i'm going with it but i want to hear your argument to it why so, you're not impressed
1: here we go um i'm gonna disagree because uh yeah, I, I did like how they brought back Shane's kind of clips from when he was screwing Austin over yes. and all this stuff. That was good. Um, I agree with Finn Balor and uh, Bray Wyatt just because I think that with Bray Wyatt, he's going to try and get the demon persona out of Finn Balor and that form something there.
0: Mm-hmm. Me
1: personally, I would love it if they would form something and maybe even a faction if Broken Hardy ever happened. I oh, my
0: gosh. Awesome. That would be amazing. Now,
1: the issues I have are actually the things that you're enjoying. Um, (laughs) So here's my issue. Like, Shinsuke Nakamura is where he should be going against Jinder Mahal. But how it got there made absolutely no sense whatsoever. So you have Daniel Bryan come out and says, "Okay, so to find out who goes up against Jinder Mahal, we're going to have John Cena versus Shinsuke Nakamura. Where did that come from?
0: That comes from – I'll tell you where that comes from. That comes from John Cena going to Raw after this, I think.
1: Well, it came from two things. Probably that and also them knowing that they should give Nakamura a push. But there was absolutely nothing behind it. There there was nothing where Nakamura was like kind of built into – it just – it was out of nowhere. It seems so random like, you know what, John Cena? You know who you're going to fight. You're going to fight this guy, which I think that that's the right call. But there was – Nothing like there was no reasoning behind it. There was no reason why he picked him. So that was kind of my issue with that. Now, I, my other issue is that I I'm not really liking the matches because I feel like once the matches were named for SummerSlam, all we've seen are those same matches week after week after week. Like for instance, let's look. How many times have AJ Styles and Kevin Owens fought?
0: Oh, a lot. I mean, that that, report, but you that got report, to admit, that though, report. that you admit this, though, that you got to enjoy that the, the actual title has been switching hands more often than any other title. Well, I, I am. And it's but, on regular television,
1: the title right. switching.
0: I, I do like
1: that. But involve someone like every week of Kevin Owens, ages out, Kevin Owens, ages out. And even like the, you know, the Fatal 4-Way, every week it's been like, okay, well, this week it's going to be Stroman. Versus Roman Reigns, and then it's a last man standing match between Rome between Roman Reigns and Braun Strowman. Oh. oh, Samoa Joe came. It's just like it's the same fight every week. It's just they're just naming it different
0: things. I'll pay money and, to watch Strowman throw a chair uh, at, at the way he did it. Roman Reigns to take him out. That right. was
1: awesome. Just, and, and like that's good, but it's just like there's no. It's just like I said. I just feel like it's the every time I'm turning it on, I feel like it's the same fights. Now, some of that, I think, is because of, like, with the brand split, they've also backed themselves into a corner. Oh, without a doubt. Areas. Without a So, doubt. for instance, like, even if you look at, like, the tag team, how many tag teams are there on Raw right now? Three tag teams, I think?
0: I think yeah, because they the got audience. rid of Cass and uh, yeah. Enzo. So,
1: oh, and that's another thing. Don't even get me started on that. That's I'm so tired of seeing Cass and Enzo and Enzo and Big Show. Like, that's, that's done. That needs to be done. Um <laughs> Like, it's just – it's so old now. You know? Like, how many times has Enzo, like, I'm going to come after you, Big Cass. You wronged me. And then Big Cass just beats the hell out of
0: him. Because that's Enzo's thing, dude. He gets the shit kicked out of him every single time. I can't wait for him to, like, somehow miraculously get the Universal Championship. Like, he's going to get knocked out and, like, roll over somebody and and get the pin. That's going to be great. Supposedly, I
1: think he's going back to NXT from what I've been hearing. But – so (laughs) – I, th- that's just my kind of issue. Is I feel like every week it's just kind of the same thing. You know, like there's no reason why on RAW there should be three tag teams. Like that's kind of pathetic. You know, what do you have? You have the Heart, or maybe there's four. Let's see. You have the Hardys, you have the Revival, you have Gallows and Anderson. Okay, so four, and Sheamus and um, Cesaro.
0: Don't forget the, the making of the Shield. The Shield's coming and, and back. The, yeah, and
1: they're making that, which is fine. Mm-hmm. Okay, but it's just like so you, the, the tag team division is four teams.
0: Yeah, but the tag team division on on SmackDown's even weaker because even
1: worse, even worse. New so, Day,
0: um, what what they
1: what the Usos and the Usos, yep. That's so it. So what they so what they should do honestly is figure out something and have the cruiserweights all on one show, have the women all on one show, have the tag teams all on one show, uh, like not necessarily the same show, but just to, for sheer numbers. Because then that's why we're seeing this week after week of the same things because that, that's just kind of the numbers that they have.
0: Do you, you remember at I mean? one point in time both WCW and WWE had three live shows – well, not live shows but three shows taped and on the air? Yeah. That's how big their rosters were?
1: Yeah, there was Raw, SmackDown, and
0: Heat, yep. remember? I, um,
1: but I, I just think that's kind of my issue with it right now is – you know. I'm watching the, and like the other day it was, um, you know, uh, Cesaro or I, I forget exactly it was, but it was like Cesaro and Sheamus and Seth Rollins and Dean Ambrose. But then, so they've been fighting, but then it was like one of them versus the other one. Right. And then the Two other singles team, And that, I'm yeah. just, I'm just like, oh, come on. It's just, there's no real, like, I don't know. It's just kind of, it feels very monotonous to me. Um, and I think some of that is, is because of that, like I said, like, how are you going to have a division that has, you know, four, maybe five, um, you know, tag team, uh, tag teams. And the other one has like two or three or whatever. They're just, like I said, there's and I mean, some of it, like there's just nothing else that they can do, you know? Now I also think some of it though is because I've actually been watching a lot of new Japan, and Ooh, if, you've okay. che- if you've never if you've never checked out New Japan, like check out New Japan. It is it is phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Like what they're doing over there, their storytelling is so good. And granted, they could get away with a bit more, but like right. their storytelling is so good. The Bullet Club is phenomenal, and actually, Finn Balor, uh, you know, helped start that, and AJ mm-hmm. Styles. Um, but you know, with like Kenny Omega and a lot of those guys, like it's just it is good storytelling. And I just think that's what the WWE is lacking right
0: now. Um, Oh, I I will agree with you on that. The storytelling is definitely lacking, um, especially when you compare it to, like, New Japan and even Luce Underground, you know, on Netflix and stuff like that. Because since they taped theirs, they basically can do, you know, more, you know, uh, outside scenes of the rings and so forth. It's kind of like the Broken Hardys when they did their, you know, like – 20 minute movie spiel before they would go on to, you know, right. uh, a fight or anything like that. So, it does make sense that like what I I think what, what really hurts raw right now is Brock Lesnar. So, oh. Brock losing the title at SummerSlam but in not getting pinned is going to be it's going to be good for the show. Yeah,
1: um, I agree.
0: I think Jinder Mahal should lose the the championship to Shinsuke for the sake of the the show. I know that you know WWE did it just because of the the partnership that they had with India and it's boosted their ratings in India. I, I saw the statistics on it, which is great. But you're gonna slowly lose the 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 US audience, your main audience. So yep. Shinsuke needs to win the, the title, hold it, and you know with somebody like Shinsuke, he's gonna put it on the line. You know every week or every other week, he's gonna fight. Oh and yeah, so absolutely. Forth.
1: No, um, I agree with that. I think he should get it as well. Yeah, that would be good.
0: Yeah, and you know the, the the fans will support him on that. So, But we'll get into a little bit more of this when SummerSlam comes and we can break it down. And hopefully we'll get our uh, WWE expert, John Hunter, on the podcast we? as well. Um, and break everything down and see where we're at after SummerSlam. And who's coming up and who's going down. Because I agree with you. I think that once the Big Show and Cass have their match, I think uh, Enzo's going back down to... NXT to kind of work on a a singles persona and so forth because his tag team days are over. Yep. So, well, that's it for Mark and I this week. We've basically covered all the news, a little nostalgia, and then got a little... Uh, into WWE but We'll get into it a little bit further and closer Down to SummerSlam So for those of you who are listening Please check out our other podcast we have Los Fanboys, Comic Unos Weekly Roundup We also have Game of Thrones First Take For you Game of Thrones fans um, That is Carrie and Nick from Nerdflix and Chill They do a after show Right after the episode is aired They do about a 20 minute breakdown um, That we have posted exclusively On LRM it's a great uh, podcast to listen to, especially for guys like me who love the show, never read the book, so I only understand maybe about 70-80% of what's going on and then they help fill me in you know, after listening to their podcast of what really is going on to the show. Um, and if you do have a second, please go on iTunes or or on SoundCloud and please give us a review We're you know, we're back on a regular schedule, um, and we're going to get back into our normal routine and hopefully you like in the new format of this show. So thanks for listening and check back in next week.